I want to talk about facing the future with faith and not fear. You know, Charles Mayo, the founder of the Mayo Clinic, once said, I've never seen someone die of overwork, but I have seen people die of worry. And what worry is, worry is a down payment on a problem that might not even come into our lives. And I know you've seen the statistics before and heard the report that 90% of family and marriage conflicts goes back to finances and money or the lack of. And let me ask you today, what symbolizes financing in your life? You know, do you, do you have anything that symbolizes it, like a wallet or maybe a cell phone that has your app? I see people paying at Walmart, I don't understand it, using their cell phone. Maybe a checkbook that you hold up. But it's something that we know that it brings to mind a question. And that question is, that thing that represents your money that you have in your life, are you holding on to it, or is it holding on to you? That thing representing money and finances, are you holding on to it, or is it holding on to you? See, I used to think when it comes to stuff in our lives, God, you know, He doesn't need my money, I need my money. I'm trying to pay bills. I'm trying to cover my basic living expenses. And, and I don't have enough. And if you think about it, God has everything. So why does he need that? And why can't I keep what is mine? So when it comes to money and stuff, uh, we don't think we have enough. And it's easy to feel like that we cannot afford to give and be generous. So we don't give to God because we feel like we can't afford to give financially. But let me ask you this question. If you can trust God with your eternal salvation, why can't you trust Him with your money? If you can trust God with your eternal salvation, why can't you trust Him with your money? And what you find when you study the Bible on the subject of giving and generosity, it isn't about the church. It isn't about the people and trying to get things from you. You know, our church, if you think we're preaching on money and you got an issue with it, I challenge you, don't, don't give any money here. Go to the phone book. Look up a different church and send your money to them. That's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about here is generosity to the point that you put God first in your individual life where you are on a spiritual journey. You see, generosity is about trusting God and putting God first. Generosity is about trusting God and putting God first. And when you begin to trust God and put Him first, it opens up a whole realm of supernatural things that can happen in your life. And many of them may even be related to money, but some not. But generosity opens up God's blessing for your life, even in the financial area. Where and when you feel like you can't afford to give, actually, the issue is you cannot afford not to give. See, you need to be generous with what God has put in your life. 
And generosity applies to a, a lot more than money. See, being generous is about being kind to the people around you. Being generous is about being generous with your time. Maybe opening your home up to other people. And if you think about home and you think about time, they may be the best commodity we have. See, it's about being generous with our gifts. And this is what we're talking about in the passage you heard Matt read from today. Um, when Jesus is talking to us about how to handle the stuff in our lives. He says, do not store up treasures on earth where moth eat them and where thieves break in and steal. Store for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and thieves do not break in. Because wherever your treasure is, there your desires of your heart will be also. See, desires are out there. Jesus acknowledges that we are basically hoarders. Do you, do you believe that? How many of us have a lock and store or need more space in our garage or our attic because we collect stuff? Anybody here that's a fisherman collects fishing gear. Golfers collect golf gear. How many guitars does Nick own? And Ron Durbin, who also plays in the praise band. But there's nothing bad about that desire to collect. Jesus kind of taps into it saying, the important thing is that you are treasuring the things that you are storing up that will outlast your life. See, the important thing is that you're storing up things that outlast your life. And so what are some of the treasures in heaven? You know, and this can be a broad term that, that describes like hospitality that you show to people. The giving that you do. The generosity that you show. See, it could be any way you leverage your time or your influence to bring God and His goodness into the lives of someone else. It's like a line of going to China. That's, that's a... That's a that's an eternal treasure that she's storing up. And these treasures, he's saying, cannot be eaten up by moths or by time. They last forever. See, Jesus is saying, give your life to the things that will ultimately matter and that will make an eternal impact. See, the heart in this passage where he says, you know, where your treasure is, there your heart is also, is more than just what you feel and what you desire. Biblically, the heart gets down to your innermost desires and actions and thoughts and motives. See, Jesus says, if you want a clue about your heart, look at what you treasure. If you want a clue about your heart, look at what you treasure. And what he's saying here is, if you want to know where your heart is, I'm saying... Look at your wallet. Look at your bank application. Look at your checkbook ledger. And you'll see where your treasure is. Also, look at where your time and energy goes. That starts to tell you and give you a clue about where your heart actually is. If you say, 
I love this over here, but we look at everything else and you don't give any of your treasure, energy, or time to that which you say is what you are truly interested in, then you're not showing any love for it. Because if you did, that's where your treasure be, would be. See, what your treasure is, is where your heart is. And Jesus is challenging us in this teaching to be generous people. And my prayer for you that, is that this message will help you to develop a heart of generosity. To have a generosity towards one another, towards the church, towards our community, towards the people that you connect with Monday through Saturday. So what are some of the principles about generosity? Well, the first is to give freely. Remember, if you read from the passage from 2 Corinthians 9, 6, 7, and 8, Paul says, remember, a stingy planter gets a stingy crop. A lavish planter gets a lavish crop. I want each of you to take plenty of time and to think it over and make up your own mind what you will give. And then he goes on to say, God loves it when the giver delights in giving. And God can pour on the blessings in an astonishing way so that you are ready for anything and everything more than just what needs to be done. Paul is saying God will pour out His blessing in your life, but you got to understand you're going to reap what you sow. If you want kindness in your life, sow kindness. And if you want kindness, well, you'll reap kindness more often than not. If you sow love, you're going to reap more love. But on the other side, if you sow hate and division, that's what you're going to reap. And I think it's amazing. If you sow grace, if you sow second chances in people's lives, what's going to happen? You're going to find when you fail, when you fall, then those people are going to give you a second chance. And that's what the law of sowing and reaping is about. Paul is saying it's that it applies to our financial lives also. Paul says, we sow generously, we reap generously. You know, you may say, it's not if I cannot afford to give, it's if I, if I cannot afford not to give. See, we need to be people that understand we cannot afford not to give. See, when you give generously of your time and energy and money, you're planting those seeds that can grow into something amazing. And what you will find is that the many generous things that have come into your life come into your life because you were generous to others. And it's not because you deserve it, but it's because of the law of sowing and reaping. Because when you sow kindness and generosity, and when you give faithfully and open-handedly, and when you give because you can trust God with your eternal salvation, and you can trust God with your treasures, it's a place that you need to get to in your own journey. Where you say, God, 
I'm going to trust you in every area of my life. And then you can plant the seeds of generosity that can grow some amazing things. See, when you're a blessing to others, God will bring out more blessings to you. Because when you're faithful with a little, God will bring much into your life. But remember, the more God brings into your life, the more responsibility is required of you. So as you are given more by God, that doesn't mean your life gets easier. It means the responsibility gets greater. Because most of the time, those God blesses, He gives more and more. See, it's that cycle. There's a cycle of generosity where you become a conduit to be able to bless others. See, we give because we feel led by God to give. Now, the second principle from the Bible is give first. God doesn't like leftovers. If you look at the Exodus 23, 19, it says, Bring the best of the first fruits of the soil to the house of the Lord your God. And see, here we have the God of the world speaking to an agricultural society. And he said, when you bring your crops into me, bring me your first. Because the first crop was going to be the best offering. And that first also meant of the livestock. Bring the firstborn, the best, not the blemished or the leftovers. So why does it matter? Because first and giving first is about trust. The first represents the best. See, God doesn't need your money. God doesn't need your stuff. But God does want your heart. And he's saying, so bringing the first is all about putting God first in your heart and in your life. It's trusting him first. It's a a faith step that people took. Just as we're reminded in Proverbs 3, 9, and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will be brimmed over with new wine. And this happens. Your barns filled to overflowing when you honor the Lord with what represents your wealth. So what does it look like for you? What does this first look like for you? It be, I think it means giving God the portion you have made up in your mind to give and then giving it cheerfully and generously and not begrudgingly and not out of guilt. It's giving with joy. It's giving God the first of what He has given you. See, this happens at our church. I know in our household, we do online giving. Online giving comes right out. It's, it's happening immediately. It's the first priority. Where we're not waiting around to see if we have enough money for the mortgage or the utilities or the insurance. It's giving God the first. Not because God needs it, but because we're trying to live in a trust relationship with God and making Him first. So what we see here is I give freely, I give first, and I give generously. 
If you look at Mark chapter 12, verses 43 and 44, it's the story of the widow. And what you find out, as Don McDaniel was showing me, that's the scripture on your offering envelope. Don't think God's got it planned for you today to talk about generosity. It's the Sunday school lesson today too. So I encourage you to go to Sunday school today. But what we're talking about is a widow who came up and gave basically two pennies. And Jesus looks at her and says, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given more than all the others who are making their contributions. For they gave a tiny part of their surplus, but she, as poor as she is, has given everything she has to live on. Jesus made her an example of sacrificial giving, showing us when we are generous at the sacrificial level, it captures God's heart. To be generous beyond our surplus, not crazy giving, not irresponsible giving, but what happens? You will see God move and work in your life as you're generous beyond your surplus. So, do you tithe? Tithe means 10%. 10% of everything God's given you. And when you're ready to step into that kind of generosity, I believe you'll be blessed accordingly as you follow God in faith. Look at Malachi 3.10. Passage from Sunday school lesson today, saying, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that we may be food in my house. And God says, test me on this and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have enough room for it. See, this is the one place in the Bible where God says, test me. God says, test me in the area of generosity. Think about it. God doesn't need anything. He's God. So it's not about God's needs, but it's about are we willing to give God our heart? Because God knows where our treasures are in our heart. So try to, to be that type of giver and see if there is a blessing a blessing financially or health-wise or, or just the fruits of the Spirit, that peace and joy and patience that will come into your life to help you through difficult circumstances. But I believe it'd be worth it. You know, several years ago or several months ago, we lost the great Billy Graham, a man that preached in 180 countries, impacted a lot of lives. 2.2 billion people were able to hear him speak. 3.2 million made decisions for Christ because of his preaching. And one of his repeated quotes was that God has given us two hands, one to receive with and one to give with. And we are a cistern made for hoarding. We are channels made for sharing. You think you can't afford to be generous? Let God show you you can't afford not to be generous. And have you taken that step to trust God with the resources He has given you? And for your sake, go on that journey. Study God's Word, those passages today, and accept the challenge to test Him. 
See if he doesn't respond in a powerful way. Trust me, you can't outgive God. He'll unlock the blessings on all areas of your life. And if you want to be trusted with more, be faithful with what you have. God has given you two hands. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you so much that you're a God that had unlimited generosity for us. Now we just pray that we will reciprocate and give that generosity and trust back to you. You're the Lord of all we have and all that we are, the Lord of our future and our eternity. Let us just trust you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.